morning. We begin our Derech Hashem week once again. And uh, welcome back. A good morning, a good vach, and a good day to all of us over here, to the entire world. And we continue in Derech Hashem. We are in Chelek Beis Peregimel, in the middle of Ches. Ches is quite a long paragraph over here. And Ches goes through different options wherein the Yisurin of the Tzaddik can have an effect that goes beyond the tzaddik. Again, the theme of this whole parak is for us to understand suffering, to make sense of senseless, seemingly senseless suffering, and to give us all the options, all the, all the approaches, all the understandings that uh, could be potentially going on at any given point in time, why there would be suffering in this world. We've seen many, many, many mahalchim so far, many, many approaches, many, many uh, uh, ideas that the Ranchal shared with us. And we, uh, in Ches, in Simon Ches over here, paragraph Ches, we've been talking about how a tzaddik has a unique position in which his suffering can be beneficial to those around him. We explored the idea in the beginning of Ches of how the tzaddik, being that he's the Rosh, he is poised as the head of his community, the head of his area, maybe even the head of his of his country, sometimes the head of his generation. We can have someone who is such a rush that he's seen as the rush of the of the of the door even. That puts him in a position where he, he, he a number of things can happen. A someone within that door can uh, align themselves with the head and become an appendage to that head. And that can have an effect of A I can enter Olam Haba as an appendage to somebody else's head. I made myself an appendage. B, that can mean that uh, there can be responsibility from the head towards the appendage as well. And that the head is the nerve center, the command center of the entire entity. It's, it's what's responsible for the entire entity. And that's the idea of Kol Yisrael, Ravim that everyone is really linked to one another. And the more of a, 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 um, a, a um, premier position you occupy in that, in that entity, in that guf, the more responsibility you have for the entire array of, of, of parts within that guf. This is the idea of Kol Yisrael, Ravim Zelazet, just to step sideways for a moment. He did tell us that being that we're all linked together, we're all connected, we're all parts of one big conglomerate, you know, neshama, one big conglomerate goof, that's what Kleisrael looks like. So that's why we're responsible for one another's actions. That's why we're responsible for one another's affairs. That's why we can be mighty one another with mitzvahs. The responsibility is not, is not um, a constant. Responsibility is not yes or no. Responsibility is not a one-size-fits-all. There's different levels of responsibility that has to do with your positioning in the greater neshamas of Kleisrael, as we explained. There's the neshamas that are the reish, the neshamas that are the arms, the neshamas that are the legs, the neshamas that are the torso, the neshamas that are the fingers, the neshamas that are the toes, the neshamas that are the toenails. And depending on where I'm placed, that determines my responsibility. See, the responsibility that someone who has a neshama, that's the elbow neshama, is greater, maybe, than that, the, the responsibility of the neshama that's there in the toe neshama, but doesn't approach the responsibility of the neshama that's the reish. The neshama that's the reish has much greater responsibility towards his generation than the neshamas that are at the lower parts of the guf. 
because the higher you rise, the more responsibility you have. And it's a double-edged sword. The more responsibility you have, the more culpable this person is going to be for his generation, the more liable he's going to be for his generation, the more he's going to be able to be held accountable for his generation. At the same time, the more he can be mezakah his generation, the more his mitzvahs can affect, can, can benefit those people around him when they choose to make themselves appendages to his reich. We saw that his suffering, therefore, not only he, he's held accountable and liable for his generation, and not only his mitzvahs can be mezakah his generation, if people make themselves a, an, an appendage to him, but it goes beyond that as well, as we saw last week, that he can sometimes receive yasurin, the tzaddik of the generation, the Raj, receive yasurin to burn off the einshim the, the, uh, of the people in his generation, to be mechaper for them. Because since he's the Raj, and the Raj stands for the uh, center, the Raj is, is that um, uh, the focal point. The Reish is the command center and, 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 and the nexus of everything around it. The Reish's suffering is, to a certain degree, the suffering of the entire Gulf. It stands. It takes a place for the suffering of the entire Gulf. So sometimes the Reish, so when the Reish suffers, that can atone for, be mechaper for, averis of people in that person's surroundings, in his community, in his, in his city, in his country, in his generation, the, the suffering of the Rosh, the suffering of the Tzaddik, can actually be mechaper. And we saw the suffering of the Rosh can sometimes even negate, be mevatel, hold off on, on suffering that was supposed to befall the entire generation. Not only can be mechaper, uh, Rabbi Sai, Rabbi Sai, it's, just, it's drifting this way a little bit. Shkayuch, thank you. Sorry. Sorry. It's just drifting. Um, so the, the suffering of the... Um, of the uh, of, of the Reish will can be the, considered to be the suffering of the entire door and and, and can be mechaper for them. But but if there's chazashon lagzeira ra, it could be a decree that was meted out against the generation, as we saw last week. An unbelievable idea. But let's say there was supposed to be chazashalom, an edict in Shemaim that this community was supposed to suffer. This 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 neighborhood chazashalom was supposed to have yisurin. This entire country, the Jewish population of this country, was supposed to, you know, was supposed to, something awful was supposed to happen over there. The suffering of the tzaddik can sometimes be mevatel that. The tzaddik suffers, that can be mevatel, that can negate and, 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 and uh, neutralize a gezerah that sometimes, that, that sometimes it will neutralize a gezerah that was meted out against the entire community, the entire generation even, depending on where the tzaddik is. And the idea of the lamdas is the same lamdas. There's a decree that the generation needs to suffer. For whatever reason. It's a time of din, a time of af, a time of chemo. So the generation needs to suffer. Sometimes th- things like that can happen in Shemaim. The Rosh, the Tzaddik, is the head of the generation, is the one who represents the generation, is the responsible one for the entire generation. His suffering can be seen as suffering for the generation, as the generation's suffering. He is the community, to a certain degree, because he's the Reish, he's the Manik. He is the, the country, he is the generation, because he's the Reish of the generation. Midas HaRachamim can convince Midas HaDin that, look, the Tzaddik <coughs> suffered. Yes, I know there's a Gzair against the generation, this entire generation was supposed to suffer. 
But you know something? The Rosh suffered. The Rosh is his generation. So look, the generation received that suffering. So that's what we saw last time. A really fascinating idea. And now we're going to take that one step further yet. And one final idea in what the suffering of the tzaddik can do on behalf of his generation. So let's see that right now. Um, so again, Chelek Beis, Perikimel, Simen Ches. And we are over here. Ve'ulam. Ve'ulam is a hasuk atzmai. It's about halfway through the paragraph Ches. Ve'ulam. What happened to all the Derech Hashem? Is there missing? I just saw the Mamash on Shabbos or on Erev Shabbos. So they were kept over here. A whole bunch of them I saw. Okay. Ulam, we have it. Ulam is asog. Actually, there was one on my Mishtender, I think. Hold on for one moment. Okay, so everyone can find the place. Ulam is asog. I think I have Elans on my Mishtender. Okay. Sound better, right? All right. Okay. I guess it's not there anymore. Ulam Mizah Hasug. Look at that. Oh wow. My kids can never find things either. Ulam Mizah Hasug. Atzmoy. Halfway through paragraph Ches. Based on this concept. Based on this concept over here, that the tzaddik, again, tzaddik is the Rosh, he's the head of his generation, figuratively and, and literally. And that's what allows his suffering to atone for people around him, that's what allows his suffering to stave off shlech xerus, bad xerus, and that's what that, that gives rise to one more idea. That allows the tzaddik, puts in the tzaddik in a position that he can do one more thing with the suffering that's even greater, even loftier, even more impressive than everything we said till now. What could that possibly be? I mean, we said the tzaddik's suffering can atone for the whole generation. Can be a raw and his whole generation. What could what could top that? So listen to this. What we mentioned earlier. We mentioned that Tzadik can suffer for his generation that were perhaps slated for calamity, for destruction, for a terrible, terrible punishment, for terrible suffering. That can happen. And they were at the brink of destruction or disaster. Perishing. And the Tzadik through his suffering he, through his suffering, he atones for them, whatever it was that they had done wrong, that deserved them of such a fate. And he stays them, he spares them from that suffering. He can also bring them into Eilam Haba. Remember, bring them into Eilam Haba works vicariously. That's not how we want to get into Eilam Haba, but you could still get into Eilam Haba on the coattails of the tzaddik. It's not the ideal way to get it, okay? But the tzaddik can do all that. There's another category of suffering, of Yisurin, which is given to the Hasidim. Till now he was talking about 
a tzaddik. Now he shifts from tzaddik to chassid. Everybody note that, okay? We um, we were talking about someone who was able to be mechaper for his generation. We hadn't yet used the term chassid. Now, Ramchal saying, you can have someone who's a chassidim ha'yoser gedolim u'shalom kavar ba'atzmo. Someone who's not just the tzaddik of his, of, of his neighborhood, the tzaddik of his generation, the chassid. Chassid, we know, um, is always one madrega above a tzaddik. A tzaddik does what he's supposed to do, and he does it predictably, he does it reliably, he does it without fail. A chassid does more than what he's supposed to do. He goes above and beyond. The chassid it reaches a higher level of shlemus than the tzaddik. The chassid is someone who... who um, goes beyond his requirements of what he needs for Shlemus. He goes beyond Shlemus. Beyond Shlemus. So the Chassid, who is Mushlam and Kvar who's reached his own Shlemus and went beyond, and he will receive suffering, a unique type of suffering, the Chassid of his generation, the Gadol Ador, the leader, the giants of every generation, will suffer for what purpose? They are suffering to push the world further in its cycle of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, guiding this world. They will get the world one step closer towards its ultimate destiny, Shlemus of the world. They are able to achieve and create Shlemus of of, of uh, on, on a universal level, on a global level, on a level of the the um, world itself, and Hashem's hanhaga for the the um, the uh, purpose of creation. Let's see. Upir she'inyan. Kinim hine mitzad haseder rishon shuhuster lanhaga sa'elam v'gilgula. Based on Hakadosh Baruch Hu's seder harishon, Hashem's plan. Hashem's plan and objective that was established to that Hashem established and set forth to guide the world with. Vilgilgulov and everything that will befall the world, everything the world will cycle through. The world requires pain. The universe requires pain. The universe to get to where it needs to go, the world to get to where it needs to arrive. Requires suffering, requires pain. For the world to get to Shlemus, there has to be a certain amount of suffering in this world. Well, this sounds interesting. This sounds this Jewish, Jewish idea. There's got to be pain in the world. The world well, it sounds like the world demands sacrifice. What, what, what are we talking about over here? The world requires pain. The world requires pain for the world to get to Shlemus. Which is a result from HaKadosh Baruch Hu being withdrawn from the world, concealed from the world, and hidden from the world. Which is a vekestelt, which is, which is, which is uh, established in this world as one of the fundamental principles in how... We have to go first through an environment where Hashem is hidden. This is from the foundational blocks 
of, of, of the, the, the tenets upon which the world is founded is that there's going to be Hester upon him, Hashem is going to be concealed, and that results in a certain amount of discomfort, of pain, and suffering for the world to reach, to reach its Shlemus. The Kol Shchein, all the more so, all the more so after man has corrupted this world and has bent things and, and rent things asunder and made things go crooked, man has only further entrenched the world. In Hester upon him, in, in darkness and concealment of Hashem's light. Sin upon sin upon sin that has been reinforced and enacted here in this world. There's even more concealment, divine concealment, even more hiddenness from Akadosh Baruch. The world and its inhabitants have been plunged into a state. With a lowly state, a dark state, and a, and a bad state. There has to be a plan. There has to be some coordination. Akash Baruch has to be orchestrating things that the world has to reach its tikkun through somehow a process of climbing out of those kilkulim, out, out of the concealment, out of the hasterpanim, into ha'arispanim. That's what the world needs for its tikkun. It's got to get back to Hashem's light being revealed, and it's got to get back to a situation where we can make a tikkun to all the, all the, all the ra. Ad shetimatze midas hadin mifuyeses until it comes out that Hashem's midas hadin, the mida of judgment, has been satisfied. Okay. This is quite a lot to try to digest. Let's try to let's just try to take a step sideways for a moment. He's about to bring this back to the tzaddik. He's about to bring this back. To, I'm sorry to the chassid, the gadol ador, whose suffering can be generational suffering, and not just generational suffering for his generation. No, more than that, it can be global suffering. It can be universal suffering, suffering for the universe. He's about to bring it back to the chassid, but he's he built up a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of background, a lot of like. Uh, a lot of ideas and yesitis over here, and a lot of stuff. He just Ramchal just kind of get like threw at us, hurled our way. So let's try, let's come up for air and just break this down and and maybe um, wrap our heads around what the Ramchal just shared with us, so we can appreciate what's going to happen when he brings it back to the Chassid. So that's a, the, the MS is like this. You know what what really happened, Rabbi? Say in the last six lines, the last seven lines. You know what just happened? There was an incursion. There was an invasion. Das has just invaded Der Hashem. We just had an incursion from Das Tvunas over here. And the last six or seven lines is really Das Tvunas. And as we said, like we said when we started the Sefer, Ramchal's three seminal works where he explains everything under the sun, but with three different approaches from three different perspectives. That's Masih Sharm, Der Hashem, and Das Tvunas. And he explains everything from Aleph to Tav, from A to Z. He explains from different perspectives through different lenses. Masih Sharm is, is everything understood through the viewpoint of the Gavro. Us, we ourselves. So we're here to get into Adam Haba. Der Hashem is explaining everything, life and the universe from the perspective of Kodesh Baruch Hu. Everything is here for the Yerushalayim to be native. To be native to us. Das Tvunas is explaining everything from the perspective of the Bria, of the universe. The universe is here to receive a Tikkun. The universe has to achieve Shlemus. The universe. And that's what just came poking its way into Derech Hashem. And that's where the Ramchal is 
is, is headed with giving us a, a third option in generational suffering of the tzaddik slash the chassid, it's de, das tfunis type of suffering. Now, what does that mean? The, the universe, ha, the, the, there's, there's a, a perspective from the universe itself, from the Bri itself in, 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 in creation. So that means like this. The third take on what the Bri is all about, what the creation is all about, is to be able to have an environment to be Megala the Rebbein, Shalom. To be Megala Hashem. To be able to declare Einoid Movadoi. To declare Einoid Movadoi. <clears throat> to be able to say, there's nothing but Hashem. And for the universe to really testify to this idea that there's nothing but Hashem. For the universe itself, to give that testimony. To give that testimony. For Tzakami Toich the Bria. And this is an objective and a goal in creating the Bria Mitzah the Bria. The Bria is here for the Bria to have the privilege to be able to proclaim Einoid Movadoi. That's called Gilu Yichudoi, being Megal Hashem's oneness, being Megal Hashem's everythingness, and Hashem's onlyness. For the Bria to be able to advertise and proclaim this. For that to happen, you have to first start off with a Bria that looks otherwise. And, and, and much of their Hashem is devoted to this idea that it only makes sense, and it only works really, in Lamdas, it only works to be able to say, Einoid Movadoi, if we started with a Havamin of Yesh Oid Movadoi. If you can look at a Bria, if you can look at creation and think to yourself, well, there's so many different options over here, so many th- different things to choose from, so many different forces, so many different powers, so much chaos, etc. So many places where it looks like Hashem is lacking, it looks like there's a lack of a Baruch and then I say, Im it's really all Hashem. So that is getting us bit by bit, step by step closer to the Tikkun of the world from the world's perspective. And the ultimate is when Hashem Himself reveals Himself in an undeniable way, to a world that formerly concealed HaKadosh Baruch and formerly um, advertised, if anything, the opposite. That, in a nutshell, is looking at all of creation from the perspective of, of, of the Bria. So now, in order to get there, in order to get to this final moment, that... Um, that Hashem will reveal himself to the world and say, Einoid Movadoi, it's really me, and it's only me, it was really me all along. There has to first be Hester Panim. And there has to be concealment. There has to be a certain amount of hiddenness, necessarily. If, if there's no hidden, if there's no concealment, then there can't be a revelation afterwards. There has to be concealment for a revealment. Otherwise, again, like we just said, there's, there's no there's no Kamash Malan in the Bria. The Bria is here for a Kamash Malan. Hester Panim. When Hashem is concealed, that's again setting us up for the big reveal. But when there is Hester Panim, that results in what? In a number of things. Hester Panim is 
synonymous with with tsar, with suffering, when there is hester upon him. There is darkness. With darkness comes suffering. Comes the comes wrath. Comes the the uprising, the uptick of wrath. There's going to be suffering. That's what the Ramchal means. That there has to be tsar. Doesn't mean that it has to be tsar. That the world demands sacrifice. No, no, no. Nothing silly like that. There has to be tsar because there has to be hester upon him. Because there has to be room to not see Hashem in order for there to be the big grand finale of, oh, it was really Hashem all along. So there has to be a lack of Hashem, a lack of Hashem comes together with Tsar. The world has to go through that Tsar for the world to ultimately, in the end, see the Rebbein Shalom. Now, what happens with that Tsar? That Tsar... Um, serves to get the world closer to the Gilu Yehudai, but, but how so? How does the suffering like bring us there? We know, okay, so it makes sense. There has to be suffering in the world for, for um, there to be an, an ability for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for there to be that, uh, that, that, that option for the Rebbein Shem to turn around and say, hey, it was really me all along. But is that what it's all about? Is that all it comes down to? Is just you know, it's just a means to an end. It's just like we would say, a vehicle, a hechatimsa. There has to be suffering as a hechatimsa. There has to be hester upon him as a hechatimsa. It's just it's a vehicular for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to be able to say, just like a technical necessity. Hashem say, no, it was really me. No, it's more, much more than a technical necessity. That suffering is there to do one of two things. It's there to. Allow a person on his own terms to be able to be macabre the suffering and say, you know, this suffering, it looks like it's Hester upon him. It looks like it's a lack, there's a lack of the Rebbein Shalom going on over here. It looks like Yeshoi Milvadoi, because look, there's so much pain, there's so much difficulty in life, there's so much suffering. But Hashem, I'm a Kabbalist from you. I know this Enoi Milvada. I know even the suffering is you. Even the Hester upon him is you. Even the Tsar is you. And when a person is able to do that, that that itself brings the world one step closer to its tikkun, because he is giving the world that potential to uh, 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 of, of that turnaround, of that objective, that mission statement that it's really all Hashem. He's already supplying that on his own. It's there in potential form. It's there conceptually, and that brings the world one step closer to that happening actually for it to be actualized for Hashem to really reveal that. So even in a concealed form, the person suffers. And he says, Hashem, I accept that this is coming from you. I know this is coming from you. Even though it looks like darkness and concealment, I know this is you. So that itself allowed the suffering, the darkness, the Hester Panim, to become one step closer to Horus Panim, because he sees the Horus Panim within the Hester Panim. Okay, everybody got that? That's one way that it's not just a, a technicality that, yeah, there has to be darkness for the light to be appreciated. No, I can see the light within the darkness, and I'm bringing the darkness closer to the light. I'm setting things up for Akash Baruch to reveal himself. Alternatively, if a person fails to do that, then Hashem may just have to say eventually that I'm going to punish this guy so much and I'm going to show the world, I'm going to have to show everybody that why did he suffer? He suffered because Enoid Mavada. That's why he suffered. That's always a B'diyabit. And that's going to have to come from Hashem's perspective. If we don't get the point on our own of, of allowing the tsar, the pain, the darkness to... Um, bespeak itself, to bespeak of Hashem's light, then Hashem is going to have to do that on his own, and that suffering is always worse. 
when, when a person has to suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer for, for the universe, so to speak, to be able to make a statement, set up a statement of, you know why this Yitzhak suffered so much? Because he crossed Hashem. But those are always the two ways of going with Yisur and with suffering, which is Tsar, which is linked to Hester Panim, which is there to give rise to Ha'ar's Panim, the darkness that has to be there to appreciate light. A person on his own can see the light within the darkness. He can say that this is really just coming from you, Hashem. He is bringing the darkness close. He is shining light in potential form. And Hashem will actualize it, act upon that. And he is actively bringing the world closer to Enoid Mavadoi. Or it can happen in spite of him. And the universe eventually is going to give this statement of, of, of uh, you, you, cannot, um, you cannot go beyond the reaches of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the, the suffering was all there because of Enoid Mavadoi. Um, so now, that being said, that being said, um, we understand now where the Ramchal was coming from. The Ramchal said two things. He said, A, this world has to achieve Shlemus on its own. Well, three things. Let's explain that. And three Dastfunas ideas that were mentioned over here in passing. A, the world itself has Shlemus, has Shlemus to achieve. And that, that's, that's this idea that the world's created in a, in a state of Hester Panim, in a state of darkness and concealment. And once it's con- created in a state of darkness and concealment, immediately that is mechaiv, is, is, is necessitates the world receiving light and, and Hashem's revelation. And that's the world achieving Shlemus, that the world is very dark in order for the light to show up somewhere, in order for the light to be appreciated, in order for there to be a statement of, it was really me all, the, all along. That being the case, being that that's the mission statement of the world, there's a mission statement of us, the mission statement of God, the mission statement of the world, being that that's the mission statement of the world, there has to be, has to put, and therefore there's going to have to be suffering in this world. And what do we do with that suffering? Ideally, what you're supposed to do with that suffering is say, this, this is suffering, and it's difficult, it's painful, and it's dark, but the ideal is for a yid to say, the darkness is really... <clears throat> coming from Hashem himself. And when, you're, when you say that, when you accept that, you are actively bringing the world one step closer to its shlemus because you're identifying that the Hester Panim is really Ha'ar's Panim. It's really coming from Hashem's lightness. And you conceptually are revealing the light within the darkness and you're setting things up. You're paving the way for Hashem to do that actually. And the Ramchal did tell us one more idea over here that the world started with a certain amount of, 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 of uh, a mass and a certain amount of Darkness that has to be that has to give way to light. There's a minimum amount of Hester Panim in the world. Now that Hester Panim has been has been has been has been uh, increased, has been expanded. Every time every time there's an Avera, a person attempts to make a new statements of Yesha and Mavado, Yesha and Mavado, Yesha and Mavado. He increases darkness, he increases the shadows, he increases the Hester Panim, and then increases therefore the suffering, the pain that has to come as a result and the amount of Enoid Mavadoi that's going to have to come as a result. Okay? That sets us up for the final move, which we will continue with tomorrow, Mir Hashem, to understand the Tzadik's role, this, the Chassid's role, the Gadol Ador's role, and how he can be there to be playing an active role in actually bringing the world itself to Shlemus. We will continue that tomorrow. Everyone should have a wonderful, beautiful today.